0: Hey, do you need a UK representative, a Swiss representative, or a European authorized representative for your medical device industry? Okay, so you can contact now Easy Medical Device at info at easymedicaldevice.com. Info, I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com. And we'll help you for that. So talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir al from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we'll try to help you to understand how clinical investigation or PMCF data collection is working. Um, because it's something that is that we have some changes if I can say on this uh, on this area uh, and uh, yeah maybe it's good also that you know what are the, the new tools or new things that are that are existing there and for that I have for, with me uh, Jan Bersteinson which is the VP of Global Business Development at Smarttrial uh, so uh, uh, Jan welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast
1: thanks Bonner always a pleasure. Uh, yeah, like, I, like you said, I'm leading the business development at SmartTrial, but I've been doing this for a little bit more than a decade now. Uh, I've been living and breeding clinical informatics, clinical data since around 2009. And for the past eight years, I've been dedicating my career in assisting medical device manufacturers, gathering clinical evidence and clinical data out in the market. So I'm, I'm happy to be here today to get a chance to share some of my insight and experience with the rest of the industry.
0: Yeah, I think I think it will be really uh, interesting because uh, I have myself a lot of people um that are contacting me related to some clinical uh investigation to be done or PMCF to be done etc and they have also the question how can we do that how is it working and and the objective yeah. of this episode is mainly to explain how this can be done uh for small businesses for big businesses for anybody and how we can do it maybe more easily than what we how it was done before so many this is the point of today and um, exactly. the, the idea first maybe to just jump in directly to the topic um, I want to ask you as you were on the business since a long time what was the progress if I can say from some years ago until now about this uh, clinical data collection so um, because I remember at my time it was more like you have to hire um, some 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 clinical, Uh, clinical uh, people that are going to hospitals to then get some Excel files or write that on papers, or I don't know what to do. And now it's completely changed. So what is your view on that?
1: What is your, the progress that you saw on that? So it's interesting question because since the eighties or something, something around the eighties, pharmaceutical companies have been using digital data collection tools to simplified the whole clinical trial data collection. However, because the regulatory frameworks within the medtech industry have enabled companies to, well, somewhat bypass that requirement in terms of clinical data collection, um, we haven't really seen a lot of medical device companies until in the last maybe 10 years or so collecting a lot of data. And with the introduction of the MDR, you know, when it was first drafted back in two thousand twelve, thirteen, we we saw already there that there was going to be a huge increase in terms of focus on that area. So, um, until that time point, most of the companies, at least from why, what I why, what I have seen and what I've heard from uh, people in industry, were either collecting data using Excel or paper based methods. Okay, and sometimes you had sales reps going out to hospitals interviewing physicians, asking them about how the procedure went, maybe leaving 10, 15 empty questionnaires at their table and asking them to complete them if they get a chance. And then they would maybe come back, you know, maybe a couple of months later and collect those questionnaires. So that would be kind of like the real-world evidence or post-market surveillance evidence collection back in the days. Well, actually, no. Back in the days, I know of a case that was, you know, where a company was doing this just one year ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so the changes that we're seeing from that to now is definitely being influenced by a, the MDR placing okay. higher restrictions on that requirement, and also b, COVID nineteen. Companies yeah. are now seeing the fact that you know, paper traveling to sites collecting data, is not really feasible when you're not allowed to travel
0: so i th- i think yeah the COVID 19 helped a lot in the for the digital business not only for clinical data collection but for a lot of other topics if i can Everything, say yeah. uh, just the fact to have those uh visual meeting like a teams meeting or whatever uh it was like something that you had to have the meeting in a room now you can exactly have a meeting with everybody everywhere in the world uh i mean it's normal yeah. it's not like difficult for for people now yeah those things about visiting hospitals the, uh, getting data, discussing with people, having those meetings, et cetera, with COVID-19 was more restricted. And I think the digital yeah. software or tools were really then uh, popular at that time so that they can continue what That's they true. were doing without uh, stopping, if I can say, because of this pandemic.
1: But you know, those medical device companies that have collected data in the past because of their you know high risk classes or interest in R&D or just basically for market access, um, they had done so in many different ways, um, you know, creating Excel sheets, databases from the scratch, uh, and so on and so on. But uh, what's changing that and what's driving dig- digitalization within this part of the industry is the fact that regulatory, um, re- well, regulators within the industry, such as competent authorities, notified bodies, and so on, and the standards for and around clinical investigations and clinical. Um, data collection post-market settings are requesting manufacturers now to start collecting data in a more validated, future-proof way. So traceability and validity of data is kept in order because that can be very difficult to document and achieve using an Excel sheet, for example.
0: Yeah, you can you can make a you can make easily a mistake with this Excel sheet. Uh, so instead of ten point exactly. two, you make a one point zero two. So just because you you misread the information or you you push the wrong button or whatever, and this can change exactly. completely the view of the of, of the result here. So I think yeah, the validation yeah. Of, of software, of documents, of things is really uh, something important. Can help help that. So, yeah. but is it is it so now getting more and more popular? With um, some industries to go to this digitalization,
1: so uh, the bigger companies are definitely have definitely been leading the way because surely they have the funds and the budgets to digitalize this area of their business, and many of the larger scale meta companies, which are often uh, highlighted as pharmaceutical companies as well, you know, J&J, Medtronic, Philips, all those. They've been doing similar, you know, data collection in a digital manner as the pharmaceuticals for years because they had the budgets. But the fact is that ninety-seven percent of the medtech industry are small, medium enterprises. Only three percent are, you know, JJ Medtronic. All of those. Yeah. The ninety-seven percent don't have or haven't had the same chances as the larger ones because the, there hasn't really been a suitable approach for them. Or tool available to, you know, en- enable that. So there, you could say that the larger companies are definitely leading the way in terms of that. But there are more and more smaller companies now getting onto it, understanding the, the the importance of it. And I guess it's all because of you know experts like yourself that that dig into this part of the industry that realize that, well, this standard actually, for example, the new ISO 14155, states that you need to use a validated collection tool to collect your data so that's forcing basically everybody so it's disqualifying disqualifying the excel files i suppose yeah that's basically what's happening okay this only happened last july like july like last year uh 2020 that was when the new published uh standard came out which actually clarified a little bit further what that actually meant with what they actually meant with a data collection tool that is verified and validated so, uh, that, so th- those are definitely two things that are impacting the change right now.
0: So um, we, we know that, uh, for example, in the, in the US, we talk a lot about real world delta, uh, about all those things. So yeah. is this something that is, uh, I mean, wh- what, what is it? What is the difference here? Is there many differences in terms of collection of data? So do we have many methodologies to do that or it's exactly the same It's just a vocabulary change
1: here? It's a fantastic question because uh, and and I laughed when you say real world real world data or real world evidence because it's it's just another buzzword. Okay, Uh, when we say clinical data, it's clinical data. It's evidence to to show that a device is performing as or is as effective or safe as you thought it is. And clinical data it can be collected uh, or. You know be represented in different ways and there are multiple ways to collect that and now when service providers are, are marketing themselves towards being able to provide real-world evidence they what they're basically saying is that we can go out to sites or clinical hospital or clinical sites or hospitals help you gather the relevant data and then use that for your regulatory approvals there's no like real world evidence tools, real world evidence, data collection. there's no like one tool, or one way of doing that. It's just a terminology on data that's out there in the okay. real world. So it's just go go and collect the
0: information that are really happening with real people and then getting that exactly uh, to, to be placed on, on on those on those data. So um, we we have, as, as we said about the the small and big businesses, so we have some time, people that are hired, if I can say, to go to get those data. And now we are talking Mm -hmm. about digitalization. So does it mean that digitalization is more like we are not visiting the hospital at all and we are just communicating through a tool?
1: Yeah, well, um, there are different aspects to this. First of all, there are different methods in collecting data. And deciding on which method suits your um, goal is also depending on what you're trying to accomplish. Are you trying to accomplish uh, a market access? That is, do you need to gather some data for regulatory approvals? Uh, second of all, um, what what kind of device do you have in terms of classification and safety? Uh, what information would be required for a device of that class to to um, you know to prove or show efficacy or safety? And what what kind of data is needed for that kind of device? And depending on that, you have different approaches to what data and how you collect it. And there are ways to conduct clinical investigations that have been marketed by a lot of service providers in the industry now as decentralized investigations or decentralized trials. But there are also ways to get the data in in different means, such as through surveys or questionnaires of some, some kind. And all of these methods and terminologies, of course, can be understood differently depending on where you are in the world. <laughs> but most of the time, we're just talking about a patient okay. that has had a treatment with a device and a clinician that has um, chosen to use a device or implemented it in one or another way. And no matter what kind of method or activity you're going to be using to gather those data, these two actors are the main actors you'd probably be interested in gathering data from um, in terms of uh, you know, clinical evidence and safety. But the way that you do that can be very different from one device to another. And it's definitely becoming more popular for companies to start looking towards the new trend of remote data capture, decentralized trial, digital data capture, but you know, remote data capture, decentralized trials, and whatever that might mean in terms of device investigations, it has been, its actually been there for quite some time. Yeah. Um, medical device companies have been doing post-market clinical studies, especially for implantable devices, for years. And in many of those cases, uh, they've been sending out questionnaires to people at their home, which then answer them and getting them, and then they get them back to the hospital where they can then collect them and review them. That is somewhat of a decentralized trial, a hybrid kind of a setup where you don't need to have the patient coming into the hospital. Uh, So it's nothing new. It's just becoming more popular, I guess. And there are more tools and more services being provided now um, to support that kind of setup.
0: So um, if we go more in the concrete, if I can say, uh, steps. So uh, I want to set up a clinical investigation with maybe two or three centers so I want mm-hmm. to use this remote tool. Uh, so mainly um, I set up that uh, in the remote tool that to have three centers, there is a practitioners and, and they are all, and we are all connected through the tool to collect the data and to
1: fill all the information. Yeah.
0: Is it, is it the way it's working?
1: So uh, are, are you thinking about the, the definition of like a decentralized investigation or, so
0: the idea is how practically we can, if I can say, set up something like a digital tool that can help us to gather data between us. Me, for example, that I'm in my office mm-hmm. and maybe some some hospitals with some practitioners that are seeing yeah. the patients getting the information. And then what should they do with this information? Should they place that on the tool? And then mm-hmm. I'm receiving that immediately. Um, is it so what is exactly the kind of more practical okay. way for that?
1: So, um, one of the ways of, of doing, well, to accomplish this would be to have a data capture solution which enables users from the different sites to enter data and information into like a centralized platform, which is then man- managed by the sponsor uh, or a service provider in some way. And the traditional way, of, well, the most effective way of doing so would be to have some kind of a centralized setup where you, as a manufacturer, set everything up according to your protocol, and then you give people at these different sites access to the solution. And then if you'd like to go one step further by having patients as well out there in the clinics as well, provide their information, those kind of solutions can then also support that in interaction by automatically sending out questionnaires or SMS events, to the subjects themselves who then can respond to questionnaires at home, which will then also be delivered to the centralized setup so that the manufacturer or the sponsor of the investigation sits um, on this goldmine of data sets coming in from different sources. And this can even be across continents uh, where you um, don't need to think about, um, well, traveling a data capture and transcription of data from paper. You, you don't have to think about um, patients coming in to visits. That is, if the device allows you to have the patient just stay away. Um, and then thirdly, you don't have to worry about uh, travel costs as much because, first of all, you can do remote monitoring. Second of all, if on-site monitoring and quality assurance of the data is required, it wouldn't need to be done as often as you would have to do it if it was only data available at the sites, which had to be fetched every time.
0: I think it's, a, I mean, I find it really amazing that, yeah, we can really include all the stakeholders in one tool that then it's avoiding, as you said, all those costs that are related to travel or to maybe hire multiple yeah. people to do the visits and this and that. So um, I think it's, it's, it's working um, uh, good in that, in that way. The, the other thing that I was thinking is the fact that here we talk about a manufacturer that want to do that. But I know also some manufacturers that say, I'm not an expert on all this. Can I hire Mm a CRO for doing that? So is this approach also compatible with the CRO organization that are managing all those clinical investigations?
1: Yes. So there's a lot of CROs out there that have their own preferred solutions or way of doing things. So there are some CROs that have either built their own solutions and then are providing it as a part of the services or there are CROs that work with multiple service providers like Smart Trial in in offering this kind of service. What what I'm seeing right now is because of the lack of clinical experts within the medtech industry. So before the MDR, there was a sufficient number of clinical experts, but now because the focus on clinical data is becoming so important, manufacturers are hiring clinical experts like crazy. And there's a shortage of them. So not every single manufacturer can plan and execute their clinical investigation from A to Z today. So what we're seeing is that there are new CROs popping up around Europe and also in the US who have maybe doing a lot of regulatory work for medical devices. But now they're seeing a chance to start supporting their uh, clients as well within the clinical area. So manufacturers are definitely hiring CROs or regulatory companies that are turning into CROs to assist them with this planning and execution. And that's definitely um, impossible to do with these solution providers because uh, the CROs are usually only focusing on setting it up, maintaining and planning so the execution will be flawless. Um, And this can either be done with a CRO or without
0: yeah i suppose that uh, yeah mainly s- some companies are using CROs, but some companies are doing that by themselves uh, do you see maybe a proportion yeah. like big companies are using are doing that by themselves and small are using zero or it's really a mix for for everyone
1: it's if, three, if you'd ask me 3 years ago i'd probably tell you that it's usually just the medium big large or medium larger enterprises that are hiring CROs. okay now the picture is completely changed. Okay. the The pages have turned, and I'm seeing all sorts of companies of all sizes and types hiring consultants and CROs to assist them. And I guess that has a lot to do with the fact that there are more CROs out there now. Met tech focused CROs have licensing options, service options that are more suited towards the MedTech tech industry. Before, if you talk to the big big CROs, they take fortunes in just in you know, a planning a trial. Yeah. They didn't really understand the specifics of medical device trials. So they just you know, took the same cost as they had done with pharmaceuticals and just applied it to the medtech projects, which is why they never won them, which yeah. is why they never used them unless you had the money. I confirm that. But that's yeah. what's changing now. The regulatory experts that, that know that are now providing service options that are suitable and possible for medical device companies to, to buy. Now, I think it's
0: it's it's clear, and I have also this experience where uh, I have a lot of manufacturers that uh, said to me, "Oh no, we will not go for a zero because they are charging too much." And uh, yeah, when when we see that yeah, there is small ones, and I know small ones that are uh, really qualified and that are doing a good job, that are not charging that much, and that are really successful in their business. So this is, I yeah. think, something that is uh, that is evolving. And uh, thank you for uh, for sh- sharing that uh, that statistic because I think yeah, a lot of people have to understand that yeah, don't need to go to big uh, ones. Um, there is really small ones that are also qualified to help you uh, uh, in terms of of that. Definitely. But, um, in terms of CROs, so um, I think it's also adapted to them. So to use those digital solutions because then it helps them also to manage uh, everything um, more in a centralized way. So it's not like, mm-hmm. uh, as I said, this is not something that is reserved from manufacturers. It's also reserved. It can be used by CROs, and I think, yeah, for me, they should use that. It's not like uh, it's not like they have a choice oh, no. here.
1: That's true, but there is. Um... In Europe, there are some there are different regulations in terms of, especially within the pharmaceutical industry, that determine whether or not you can actually be managing your own trial. Okay. In, in the pharmaceutical industry, you actually have to have a CRO doing the majority of the work because uh, the regulators are afraid that bias, you know, operating bias might affect the results of data. True. And I think we're gonna probably gonna see competent authorities and ethical committees looking a little bit more towards that as the number of clinical investigations and PMZF activities within the medical world will increase. There will probably be some kind of a requ- requirement in terms of you know, access, um, traceability, etc., that sponsors of medical device manufacturers will probably have to look at, it, which will and might end up having CROs doing more work than they've done before.
0: No, I completely uh, agree with you. And you you made a good point here. We talked a lot about clinical investigation, uh, but we have also the the PMCF activities that will, I suppose, grow also. So can we make just uh, uh, an explanation of what is the difference between a clinical investigation and a PMCF?
1: So a clinical investigation is just a very simple, well, well, that's simple. It's, it's one way of gathering clinical evidence for a medical device in a standardized way. And PMCF is uh, um, an activity described in the regulation that is supposed to feed information into your clinical evaluation report to document your device's safety and performance out there in the market. So clinical investigation is an activity PMCF is a regulatory term. However, the term PMCF, Post-Market Clinical Follow-Up, has um, some details under it that specify that you have to specify some activities or methods to conduct, be conducted in a post-market setting on a device that will generate information on clinical effectiveness and p- safety which then can be used to continue to document the device's performance out there in the market. So um, there are companies now initiating post-market clinical investigations, which are as a PMCF activity, which are most of the time more of an observational manner. That is, they're just gathering um, observational data on how the device is being used in, in the clinic. Whereas in clinical investigations, you usually have an unseemark device or a new type of device or technology that's intervening with the standardized clinical workflow. You're offering something new, and because you offer something new and different, it has to be regulated in terms of how it's used. Exactly. So there are different. So there are different requirements on how to conduct a pre-market clinical investigation versus a post-market clinical investigation.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, uh, it's important to understand that uh, when you do a PMCF, so a Uh, 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 post-market clinical follow-up, you have to use the device as it is described on the CE certificate. So uh, you should not create new intended purpose or new features or whatever. It's just to verify, as you've said, the efficiency, Mm -hmm. the safety of the device uh, as you get uh, the the approval for it uh, on the market. So there is no change. And clinical investigation is more like proving that you are uh, you, your product is really fulfilling your requirements exactly. before to be c-marked. But in terms of the collection of data, for example, on clinical data, so is there a difference here, or we are really going to collect exactly on the same way?
1: Now, uh, if you have a device that's pre- c-marked or hasn't uh, gotten approvals to go to market, or, or isn't being sold, or you have a new novel technology or technique, um, the type of data you're collecting in those kind of clinical investigations is usually um, different in terms of it's uh, there's a little bit more, little, more number of data points usually. And that's because you want to gather potential safety parameters that you think or might not think could affect the performance of the device. Whereas in PMCF, you're more thinking about parameters that you know will be able to support your device's safety and your device's performance. So if you know that you have a weight scale, which is supposed to measure weight exactly with up to three decimals, you should not have to collect all the data and then just the weight, and then maybe a weight from another device that's already marked. And then you can just ensure that, yeah, we're doing good. We're weighing the same. But if you're doing a pre-market trial, you might want to collect data on uh You know, something like, did the patient hurt the feet when they, you know, stood up on the weight scale? Yes, no. You know, additional questions that you think that might happen. And that's just to ensure that you gather everything if there's anything that could go wrong.
0: And uh, now with the the UMDR, with the regulation, uh, you have really to think about creating those PMCF studies uh, if you have no justification for not doing that specifically. Uh, So I suppose there is more and more companies that will need that as you said there is less and less clinical uh, expert that can help so at a certain point there is really the need of these digital solutions if i can say to help um, yeah work uh, have a good organization in terms of working of on those clinical data mm-hmm. gathering them um, uh, is those digital solution also kind of helping to create the report and uh, accumulating the data making the statistical uh information etc or is just like here is a table and then do whatever with it
1: it's, it's a little bit different from who you speak to and uh, what, what you're really looking for because statistical analysis alone uh, on medical device, clinical investigations is very complex. And there is no one-stop shop that suits all. Um, so usually most of these data capture tools, they provide a database where you collect data in a standardized way. And then you get the data out of the database in a structured manner. Uh, You can also standardize maybe reports and dashboards that can provide, you know, some descriptive statistics or reports that accumulate some results from your data. But when it comes down to it, um, you have to be able to define some kind of a statistical analysis plan in your clinical investigation or a similar plan for your PMCF activity that um, that applies the statistical method on the data that you you want to you know use to prove or show something. And um, I'm not going to say that in the future this will not be possible to just say click and then we get a PMCF report out. Um, I think that's feasible. But to to get to that point, we need to get a little bit more experience with Udemy. Yeah, you guys, it's really the Udemy that's going to drive the output from, you know, that has to be generated. Even though the, all the requirements and specifics have been laid out, it hasn't been tested yet. It it's still in the works. So I know I'd say as soon as we get that up and running, we can start thinking about how can we maybe start interlinking the systems that generate all that data to the Udemy, which is kind of where the output data is supposed to go into. Yeah. And then you might need to maybe interact with your QMS as well and, you know, exactly stuff like that.
0: So so well, what is interesting is that uh, PMCF was existing, if I can say, and clinical investigation was existing before, um, yeah. wh- but we have some evolution here. And now there is some new ways also to, to do that and to gather data. So as you said, we need also to get some experience on this, on PMCF, for example, uh, because now it's more and more required by the regulations. And then more and more companies will be jumping on that and maybe we'll have some kind of tendency and, and some understanding of that so yeah i agree that just exactly. having some experience first then we have to set up those uh, digital tools that can help us maybe to to reach uh, uh reach uh, the end where we can just as you said click on a button and have everything and but yeah i, I still need my job if i can say so let's let's wait <laughs> for having that we still need to be here to help uh, i hope but uh yeah, yeah i think it's really something interesting um Great. Um, I think, yeah, we, we covered a bit of, of all the information related to clinical uh, data collection. Uh, as I said, it's, it's, it's a, something that starts to be uh, common to a lot of companies, but uh, we have some companies yeah. that still are asking, oh, should they hire people? Should I do it? Should they do that? And what the objective here is just to give them many options possible that they can use for that. Uh, so, if they want to to talk, maybe because as you are really knowledgeable on that, and your company also, uh, if they want to get some information about uh, clinical data collection, so where can they, when where can people can follow up with you?
1: I could think the easiest way would just be LinkedIn. Um, okay. uh, just message me on LinkedIn again. Tell me on LinkedIn. I'm always uh, up for an open discussion on uh, clinical data collection and whether it's just sharing insights or delivering feedback on a PMCF plan uh, regarding the you know methods to be chosen and uh, I'll be happy to you know do do any assistance with that regard. Great. So I, I'm, I will... I'm fully aware. I'm fully aware of the fact that this is a very broad topic and you know we can't use the next 40 minutes on talking about this. Exactly. But, um, exactly. But you know, clinical data collection is something that all companies need to think about as soon as they get their um, QMS uh, standardized because there's a lot of aspects in your QMS that need to be in order before you start collecting any data. Uh, you've probably s- seen that already when your in your works in the past couple of years that this is something that people often tend to leave out or forget to think about. Yeah. Um
0: so, uh, so yeah. then, um, as I said, I, I will place anyway your contact details on the show notes, so uh, you can go and, and check directly there uh, the LinkedIn profile for Yon, and uh, and then yeah, ask him your question directly uh, because yeah, I have people that are asking me questions, so I will forward that to Yon anyway. Uh, but yeah, don't no hesitate yet to go to uh, to Yon's profile on LinkedIn, and and you can get all that. Okay, so um, thank you um, for uh, for all the information. I think I hope it would be helpful. Uh, but yeah, I know that there will be a lot of progress uh, related to that. Uh, so maybe we can have uh, uh, some more information in, in the future oh, yeah. for, for that. But for people that are listening, if you have maybe some questions about um, this kind of topic or maybe other topics about clinical, don't hesitate uh, to uh, to send me a message at info at easymedicalguerice.com. And um, I will try to uh, find somebody maybe to answer to that or maybe Yon can come back and discuss about that uh, with, with us directly. Okay, so... Jan it was really a pleasure to have you. So thank you really very much for, for all the information you have provided. And I wish you a nice day.
1: Thanks, Munir. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Bye. Be touched. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening. So
1: if you like this episode, please provide a review
0: on the platform where you are listening to it. And also, don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.